the Game Changer Real Estate Podcast, where we help agents get their first five deals. Hey, it's Jennifer Henry, your host for the Game Changer Real Estate Podcast. And today on this episode, I'm getting to do one of my favorite things, which is to interview other amazing and talented real estate agents. And I think all of you listening today are absolutely going to love this podcast because the person, the special guest that I brought on here to co-host with me today is someone who is near and dear to my heart, but who is also iconic when it comes to real estate success. So today I want to introduce to you our co-host, also my special guest, Kara Ferreira. Hi, Kara. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so happy you're here. Let me do a quick intro of this amazing powerhouse of a woman. Kara Ferreira is a real estate agent in Jacksonville and St. Augustine areas of Florida. And she is more than just a real estate agent. She is a 20, almost $23 million producer. Now, for anybody that's new to real estate or doesn't really understand that, that is a massive amount of real estate volume to do as a single agent. And she is truly someone who has literally developed the ideal real estate business in that she really runs her business based on customer referrals. I mean, I know you have other marketing efforts and we will talk about that in a minute, Kara, but I know a lot of what you do is, is truly from the, from the relationship customer standpoint. But anyway, $23 million. And what I really wanted to do, because I think it's worth mentioning is just kind of talk a little bit about our history, Kara, and how we came to know each other. So I'll start by saying Kara came to the office where Game Changer was happening and she came in as a, as a school teacher and she interviewed me and said, Hey, I want to get out of teaching. She had her own reasons and her own motivations for wanting to get into real estate and said, I want to become a real estate agent. And so she went and got her license and then the rest is history. Kara, tell us from your point of view, kind of how that went and maybe talk about briefly your first year in real estate. Just give us a snapshot of that. Okay. Yeah. So I was a first grade teacher for seven years. And then I was actually a stay-at-home mom for six. And then it was time for me to go back to work. And I wasn't sure I wanted to, you know, if I wanted to go back to teaching or explore real estate. Um, and so I started real estate school and going through the program. And the it was very boring material, I won't lie. But the first day I knew this is what I had to do. So um, I believe the very day I passed my test, you were one of the first people I told because you and I had a meeting. I was interviewing different, you know, programs to see which was the right fit for me. And uh, you were like one of the first people I told. So lucky. Um, and, and when you told me about your program, um, I just kept, I, I had a hard time deciding where to go, where it was the right fit. But when you told me about the program, I was like, this is a no brainer. Um, and by the way, you were the only person that out of all the places I interviewed that could tell me clearly what to do with my daughter. My daughter was only three years old and in preschool or day was going to have to go to daycare. I didn't know what, you know, what to do with her, when to sign her up. I didn't know what a real estate, you know, what a real estate agent schedule looked like. Uh, you were the only one who could help me with that. So that gave you bonus points. But, That's uh, awesome. That's well, I was a single mom once too. So I got it. Yes. Yeah, so that, that was huge. Um, and then just you know, because in, in a lot of people don't realize that when you're getting a real estate license, none of the classes are really telling you how to sell real estate and what the heck to do. They're telling you about compliance. They're telling you, you know, um, 
how not to get sued and, uh, you know, ethics, which are really important. But then you get out of, you know, you get your license and you're like, okay, I don't know how to do anything really to sell real estate. I was afraid when I first started showing houses that people would want to make an offer because I was afraid to write a contract. So um, it's really important uh, for, it was really important to me, especially coming from an education background, you know, to find someone that could step-by-step show me the ropes. Um, And I needed a lot of support. So uh, that's how I, that's how I uh, stumbled upon Jen. And my first year in real estate, you know, I just followed the program and did what she told me to do. And and she'll tell you, I complained a lot. <laughs> I complain a lot and make my little comments, but I do it anyway, or I do it with my own spin. And um, I, st- I believe they say 90 days, you know, your efforts are seen in real estate in about 90 days. And I started the program March 1st and my first closing was June 1st. Wow. So um, and I had my first year, four and a half million in volume, I think 13 or 14 sales. Um, the second year I jumped to 43 sales and I think 14 million. So at that point I did have to add on an administrative assistant, but so far my, my team has really just been me, you know, myself and, um, and an administrative assistant and, you know, sometimes a transaction coordinator to help. So, um, I like to keep it small, which can get crazy, but. <laughs> well, Carrie, you've mastered it. I mean, and, and I've I've had the 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 luxury and the honor of being able to really witness every step of the way. So Kara was in the program for a year with me, and then she went out on her own and started really building her own business. She had an amazing foundation from that first year. And what did you say? You did four and then you did 14? Four and a half the first year. Uh, 14 million the second. <laughs> so that's over tripled her business in her second year of real estate. So I would say that foundation was pretty strong. Now, from her coach's perspective, me, I can tell you all, all the listeners in complete authenticity say she says she complained a lot, but Kara, if she complained, she made it funny. So I never really took it as true complaints because I always knew that no matter what I would tell her to do, she was going to go do it anyway. She would fight me. She would not argue, but she would, she would try to find a way around it. And yet she would go right back out there and do it anyway. And she was truly, when I say she's iconic, it's that whatever she did actually worked. Like she did it and it worked. Imagine that, you know, so many real estate agents get into this business and they see the path success leaves clues. There is no, there's no magic pill. If you'll do a B, C, D, E, and so on, we'll follow. And Tara believed that and just did it. So I, I was always honored to be able to watch you care because you just, even though you said you might've been afraid, you were fearless. So year two, you went into, you did 14 million. And now what started happening with like in your own time management and just kind of your energy once you hit 14 million, what was that like? Oh, I mean, it was very overwhelming for me. That's why I decided to, you know, start hiring some staff because I'm, you know, I'm guessing like most top agents in the beginning, it's it's hard to give up the control and want to, because I'm so customer service focused, it's really, hard, it was really hard for me to add anybody onto my team because in my you know, opinion of no one's going to do it as, as great as I do, or, you know, or care as much as me, really. The problem is when you get stretched too thin, 
is, you know, you might care, but you can't give the same level of customer service and things get dropped. And then if things don't get dropped, then your, your personal life becomes a mess. I mean, I remember my first hire, I did not follow, you know, I still, I still lean on Jen even now when I'm hiring staff, but you know, my first hire was, was out of desperation and I did it all wrong. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table or at the kitchen Island one night, you know, hadn't put my, hadn't barely seen my kids. It was Friday. I hadn't seen them much all day. I was eating cold pizza, almost in tears, working on putting something into MLS on my computer and miserable. And I was like, someone else could be doing this. And so I just made a quick rash decision to hire. And um, that first one didn't work out. But the second time around, I was much more methodical and ended up, you know, finding an amazing assistant. And um, she just moved on. She kind of a different job is still in real estate, um, but she's spreading her wings and and we're still really close, funny enough. Um, But then I just was able to hire someone else and she's doing a fantastic job. So I think just the hardest thing, and I think I see other agents doing it now is like that first hire because giving up control and then also trusting someone else with your business. Um, But to me, uh, and Jen knows this very well because she's known me literally since the day I passed my real estate exam up until today. And she's seen me go through some some life changes, you know, um, went from married to divorce, going through a divorce, still trying to sell real estate to a single mom, trying to do it all. But the number one thing for me, I mean, I love my job. I love, you know, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. But my family is number one. My kids, now that I get 30 to 40% less time with them, the time I have with them matters. I want to be at every dance competition. I want to be at every school function. You know, I want to be here when they get off the bus. And that to me is more important than a number. Like, oh, let, you know, I want to hit 30 million. I want to hit 40 million. I don't want to, (laughs) and not at my expense of my sanity and my family and my time with my family. So um, that's always been number one. I can attest to that as complete 100% truth. Now, Kara, let's let's talk about that because a lot of people would call, would say their families first. And I, I think most parents would agree that kids are pretty darn important. And yet a <laughs> lot of people still choose to sacrifice a lot of time. And you mentioned you you went through all this business building, went through a divorce and then became a single mom. And yet your business has not suffered. So can you tell our listeners today, how in the world did you manage to go through all of that, become a single mom? And still maintain your sanity in your business. What's your secret? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have a secret. I like I said. I, I uh, leverage. You know, leverage has been number one. I think. Um, which again, for for a lot of moms and for a lot of realtors that do the the level of business that I do, is hard to, to at first. Then you then you get accustomed to it. But I had to start prioritizing, um, you know, my kids and my business, obviously my business is how I support my family, but also like I mentioned, I love what I do. Um, and, but I'll, you know, just leverage. I mean, I, I laugh sometimes like, Oh, I feel like some like rich old lady. Cause I have somebody for everything. I, I have my groceries delivered now. I have, um, my dog grooming, my dog groomer comes in a truck to my house and does the mobile dog grooming. And I have a cleaning person and I have 
this year I, I, I made the decision to hire a nanny just to help driving, drive my kids around and fold laundry because those were, I was spending hours a day driving my kids places. And as much as I love it, it was, I was having to end my day at, you know, two o'clock some days, which is difficult when you're selling 20 million in real estate. Um, so just leverage and a great assistant um, when that got too much for one person, a transaction coordinator. And then um, just, you know, I had decorators, I had organizers because I like organize, I like things organized, but I don't have time to do it. I had organizers come to my house and help organize things. So leverage has been like probably the number one, the key thing. Um, and then sometimes for me, it's like learning to say no, because, um, you know, I, if there's like a big something work-wise going on and my daughter has a dance competition and she needs me there. So I'm going to go to that and either find another agent to help me out or reschedule or say no. Um, you know, I, I keep my appointments with my kids also like I call them appointments, you know, um, I can't meet you at this time because I have an appointment, but I can meet you at this time. And at first, my first year in real estate, somebody said, jump. I said, how high? Cause I was building a business and I was, out. I mean, I could run. I wasn't a single mom at the time. I had another, you know, I had a spouse here with the kids and I could just, I've got a lot of business by just being quick and jumping on things. And that was great for me getting started, but now I can't do that anymore. Um, but I believe, I think you even pointed out, you know, you don't go to a doctor's office and say, I want to be seen right now or a lawyer. I mean, any, any profession, usually it's, you know, like you've got to make an appointment when the person's available. So, um, and I want to be a professional and a business lady. So that's how I have to do things. I hope that answered oh, your question. You did. <laughs> I, I hope everybody in the whole world that has a real estate license heard her say this. I mean, recapping leverage is the magic pill and then <laughs> learning how to say no. And, you know, and, and I also heard you say in the beginning, you, you really hustled a lot as you made money, you probably could afford the leverage because obviously those things cost money. So do you see, Kara, the direct connection between the money you're spending on leverage and the time it frees up? Do, tell yes. us a little bit about how you see and how you feel that. Well, I can tell you exactly because just having the nanny added on this year, because for three years um, since I became a single mom, I've been insisting on doing it all and driving myself a little crazy. But I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I do enjoy, you know, most parents will tell you when you're driving your kids places, that's great time with your kids because they talk to you and you hear what's going on. And I don't know, there's some sort of research about them not looking you in the eye, especially boys. So I'm like, I kind of miss sometimes driving them places, but it was cutting into my life. And I thought, you know, this is something someone else can do that and laundry. There was, I, I can wash the laundry. I can get it in the dryer. I could never fold it. And so, um, I just was able to find someone just to do the driving. And that gave me just on a Tuesday, I would say I used to have to leave my house at two and I wouldn't get back. That gave me three hours back just on a Tuesday of driving. So like that's three hours back in one day um, where I, but I'm not always working. Sometimes I'm cooking dinner while the nanny's driving them around. And um, it just, it gave me my quality of life back that and a really good administrative assistant. I, I'd say they gave me my life back because that was what my life was driving my kids places, folding laundry, <laughs> doing housework and trying to run my business alone. So um, you've, done a, you've done a beautiful job, Kara, because I think anyone that knows you would know that your kids are top priority and in, in the way you speak about them, the way you 
show up at every single thing that they have. And it's pretty amazing. <laughs> to watch. You know, you are the epitome of, for, for those real estate moms out there that are listening, you really are the epitome of you can have it all. You have to be clear and concise about what all is and what it means to you and what you're willing to give for it and what you're willing to pay for it. But you can have it all. I hope all the real estate moms and even those single dads out there are listening to this and hearing it. Again, $23 million produced and went through a divorce, single mom, and still able to maintain that level of business. It can be done. So Kara, well, I'll say uh, you, you can have it all, but you can't do it all alone. (laughs) Amen. Preach it, preach it, sister. All right. That's the quote I'm using for our title. You can have it all. You can't do it all. I love that. I heard you say a key word in there and it was about priority. And that's actually what the whole last few episodes of this podcast have been about. It's about prioritization. And you guys all heard it here. Kara's children are coming first and the world is built around that as the priority and then her business second. So I I, want to make sure we mentioned that. And now even within your business, Kara, I imagine you have priorities in terms of inside of your business. Can you tell us a little bit about the priorities inside of the business? Um, like buyers and sellers, who you work with, oh. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So like I was saying the first year, anyone that called me that wanted anything, I was, I was there. I didn't care who, you know, I, I have to now qualify, first of all, if I'm working with buyers, that they're serious buyers, that um, that they're going to, in this market especially, listen to me. Because it, even my buyers that listen to me when we're writing offers in this crazy seller's market, we're still writing sometimes, sometimes we're looking for six months and writing offer after offer. It, it gets exhausting. So I definitely want to work with a buyer that's serious and going to listen to me because it takes even longer if you're not serious. You're not going to listen to, cause I'm in the market every single day, live, eat, sleep, breathe the real estate market. And I'm the one writing offers all the time. And so when I have a buyer that's like, Oh no, well, I think we're, we want to do like come in like 50,000 under ask. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> it's not that kind of a market. So um, with buyers, it's making sure they're serious and making sure that, you know, they trust me. Um, I really love listings and I didn't think that I would when I started. I don't know if you remember, but I thought buyers and I do love, I love, I love working with everyone. I do both. I work with buyers and sellers, but I really thought buyers would be a lot more fun because of just getting to see property and all the excitement. And I thought, well, the buyer's got to buy a house. So it's a sure thing. At the time, a listing a house wasn't a sure sale, sell like it is now. Um, But I am very much a person. I like routine and structure and control. And I've noticed with listings, I have a lot more of that because I have a process that works that step by step, you know, and it works every single time. Again, if my sellers listen to me, which most of them do, um, it's the same. I call it like the secret recipe, but it's the, like I said, I like routine structure. And so I do the same thing every time you know, and I get the same results. And so um, that's why I love listings. And that does give me more time with my family because, you know, as much as I love working with buyers, if it's a weekend, I have my kids and someone comes to town and wants to see 20 houses, you know, that's hard for me. Um, If it's a weekend they're with their dad, I can do that as well. But then that's a weekend that I have free that I'm now out showing property all weekend long or an evening and, you know, then trying to juggle childcare. Luckily, my son is 13 now, so he can he loves to 
babysit his little sister for a little while, but, um, or they have to come with me. I mean, they've come with me. My son thinks he sold a house to a cash buyer once because he was walking around going, look at the open floor for him. Um, You know, a listing, I can, there's a lot of things I can be doing. I'm working just as hard, but a lot of it's at home in front of my computer on the phone, negotiating, typing up offer summaries, talking to the sellers, talking to the agents. So um, at least I'm here and I'm present, you know, I can do it for, I can do those things from anywhere. So, um, you know, and one thing that's been frustrating, I think for people right now is I get a lot of people that are texting me and saying, you know, Hey, I have a friend that wants to rent here. I can't do like rentals or something. I've had to cut out. Um, it just isn't worth, unfortunately, isn't worth the time. And I feel bad because there's a lot of people that need help with that, but that's something I've, I've had to cut out when we're talking about priorities. Yeah. So the, so priorities for you would be sellers, obviously getting listings and then buyers. And then of course, no rentals and, and then anything else. I mean, honestly, that doesn't require a license. I imagine you can give to your assistant to really free up all that. Cause that, I don't think anybody realizes consumers and new people into the business do not realize how much administrative work there is when you're selling real estate. So much administrative work, so much systems building, so many pieces that can be just, they could be half the job half the job, yes. you know, the, the work. So it takes you four hours to list and sell a home from the license side. It takes you four hours of administrative work. I'm throwing those numbers out, but I'm saying for, for every time you're spent in front of the customer, there's probably the same amount of time behind the scenes. Yes. So in fact, yeah, it's almost enough for I mean, my, my admin that just, um, you know, moved on to a different role. It was almost, we basically almost had to break her, her job into two. Because she was, even she had too much on her plate as my assistant. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it is, it is true. So, so the prioritization, it sounds like the key for you, Kara, to be able to do it all. And to use your words, you can't do it all. You have to, you can have it all, but you have to have good leverage. (laughs) And for those of you new to the term in leverage, what the term leverage is in the financial world, leverage is using other people's money for you. In our world, what we're talking about is using other people's skills and other people's time for you so that it frees up more of your time. And the, the more real estate you do, the more you have to consider this. You heard Kara say it. She started out on her own. By year two at 14 million, she had to hire an assistant because there was there were things that were going to suffer, health, family, relationships, whatever. So, and again, as a witness to be able to walk along this road with you, Kara, all these years, being able to stay in business with you has been you know an honor for me. One last thing that I want to ask you before we finish today is of all these homes that you've sold over the years, Kara, when when now we're past the hundreds and hundreds mark, (laughs) what is the one thing that you do to help you get more business? What do you say is that, what is your magic pill in that? Um, I would say customer relationships. It's always been, you know, and I joke with people, I'm not a great business person, great realtor but not a great business lady because maybe I am. It's just a joke, but honestly, I care way more about the people I'm working with than making a buck. Um, I've heard the term, you know, there's agents that come off with like commission breath or whatever. Like I will do whatever I need to do to get my customer what they want, what they need. Even if it costs me money, um, it's more about the relationship. I'm not in it, you know, yes, I'm in it because, it's my career, but I wouldn't say I'm in it for the money. I'm in it for the people. 
Um, so customer relationships. And I remember when I started in your program, there were certain things I didn't want to do that I still don't have to do. Luckily, you said, focus on the things that you like to do to get you business because, you know, we had a class where we had to call an expired and I, that's not that for some agents, that's their bread and butter. For me, that's not, I, I hated it. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. So I got to find an, another way. Um, so just building relationships with customers. I've been in the business six years and I've had one family come back. We've done seven transactions together. One family come back. We've done five. And then they referred me. I worked with them. Their son was in high school when I first started working with them. And I just worked with him a few months ago to help him find his first condo. Wow. So it's like, yeah, it's just the That's relationships. Awesome. And, you know, I like to do client parties once a year because I genuinely like my customers. I mean, I genuinely, we have, we're it's so intimate during the transaction. And then I don't always get to see or talk to them. So I do a big party once a year and we all get together. And, you know, I like to focus on the past customers and we have our VIPs. Um, today, my, my new assistant is out delivering potted plants and cards to all of our VIPs who are moms for Mother's Day. Um, oh, to nice. me, that's a lot more fun than picking up the phone and making a cold call. So um, just keeping relationships, genuinely caring about people and customer relationships. And that's that's been probably my number one thing. And then just making sure I'm everywhere locally. Yeah, and Kara <laughs> has been very, very visible in the Ponte Vedra Nocatee area here in the Jacksonville, uh, Northeast Jacksonville area. And so if you're out that way, everybody knows Kara. So she's made a name for herself. She's got very specialized in what she does. It's taken years to build everybody that's listening here. It's taken six years, she said, to build to this point. And it started back then, though. It started back then. So, Kara, you are truly an example of what a real estate career can be and how life-changing it can be for people. You are the reason that we do what we do at Game Changer Realty. So I just want you to know that we hold you on a pedestal and we love working with you, watching your successes and being able to really see what you're doing out there. And even though we're not in the same company anymore, we get to still keep an eye on you and we're always watching. So thank you, Kara. <laughs> Uh, and I, I really, still call you for advice. And you still call me for advice. That's right. And I'm always here for you, Kara. So, you know, and again, any game changers that come into the game changer real estate world, once they go to another brokerage, we stay in touch. That is the, the goal. The goal is to help you succeed, but never, that doesn't end there. We're committed to that from the beginning all the way to the end, whenever that end may be. Not for a long time, Kara, not for a long time. So Kara, <laughs> thank you for being here today. I appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. And uh, I hope a lot of people get inspired by what you have to say today. So All right, Katie, me. this was fun. <laughs> yes, thank you for being here, Kara, so much. All right, those of you listening today, we are delighted that you listened and hope you learned, hope you took some things away that you can use in your own real estate career, even if you're thinking about it. Don't forget to check us out at GameChangerRealty.com or if you're thinking about a career in real estate, GameChangerTalent.com. Until the next one, folks, take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out our library of great resources for you at GameChangerRealty.com.